Hello, and welcome to the Thoughtful Realtor Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Connie Chung. And I'm Kenny Gong. This is a show for budding real estate agents, whether you're new to the industry or seasoned and refining the fundamentals of your craft. We share practical tools and powerful stories with the vision to take our time to give you time, the most valuable resource of all. And today is our very first interview. Yes. We're talking with one of our favorite realtors in San Francisco, Miss Paula Rose. Yes. Paula is a top producing realtor and a San Francisco native. She is such an elegant professional and a pure joy. Her work speaks for itself. Her listings are always polished and her clients know that they have an agent on their side who they can wholeheartedly trust. Paula has worked with people ranging from investors to developers to clients buying and selling for the very first time. She has been an active member of the San Francisco Association of Realtors, as well as our California Association and the National Association of Realtors. So now let's get to the interview. Welcome, Paula Rose. We're so excited to have you, Paula Rose. And you're a San Francisco native. Is I that am. correct? Yes. Tell us, knowing that you were born and raised in San Francisco, tell us about young Paula. Young Paula from when I probably was like eight or nine years old, I um, would walk the dogs before there was a dog walking service of the elderly little ladies on my block that couldn't walk their dogs. So I was always looking for a way to help others, but just to provide a service. And so that sort of carried me over through high school. I, I worked after school and always was looking for mentors and not only to get guidance from, but also uh, younger ones behind me that I could help as well. I love that. A little entrepreneurial, <laughs> Paula, and helping the community with dog walking. Yes. And how how did real estate come to be? Well, real estate came from a completely different direction. I had been in some different career paths and kept changing Ooh, as like I what? got, well, at this one particular time, I was in marketing and advertising and just got sort of bored with that and wanted to do something fun that I had never done. And so I went into retail sales mm. and I had no book of business whatsoever and told myself I'm gonna go work for Saks Fifth Avenue. And that's what I did. And within a year, I had a great book of business, which also included some very high power real estate women. And, and I loved what I did because I helped empower women and make them feel good about themselves. Women yeah. can be conscious of their body types or feel insecure. So whether they're going for a job interview or whether they're stepping out for the opening of the ballet, I would help clients feel good. And so two of those women were um, Angela Lamb and Holly McDonald, and they were with Pacific Union, and they recruited me into the business. Do you remember how they brought it up to you? Yeah. As a matter of fact, Holly McDonald says, what are you doing here? And I told her, I said, well, I'm having fun. And she says, but you can have so much more fun in real estate. She goes, you, you love helping people. And yeah. Holly told me, you are going to be so busy. Wow, wow, I love that because there is a direct parallel of that one-on-one -on -one client service and interaction and then those skills are just easily transferable into real estate as you're servicing one-on-one -on -one clients. Did you have any hesitations? Uh, I think there's always a hesitation when you're going to be 100% on commission and self-employed. So you have to 
put a plan together of how you're going to manage your funds. And so I did interview three top agents. I took them to coffee and lunch. And uh, one of them was Stephen Maverick Mahalis. Mm -hmm. And uh, Stephen said, when your income goes up, make sure that your spending stays baseline. Uh And, uh, And so I learned early on to get some really good budget practices. Mm-hmm. And then Holly McDonald told me that you must go find Brian Buffini. Uh-huh. And she said, wherever he is, go to the next turning point retreat, which they were called then. And I did that. I put those principles into practice in my business and executed on them. You know, have a plan, stay focused on it. And it does come down to your mindset because mm-hmm. you are self-employed. You do not have a boss and there's not necessarily anybody holding you accountable, yeah. but you do have to execute it in a certain way in order to get results. Yeah, I, I think that there's this wonderful thing about treating this job as a job, right? With yes. structure and with discipline and with persistence and understanding that it's not, you know, it's not a hobby. It's not something to take lightly. We've got really high stakes that we're dealing with. The clients are coming to us with such big questions and such big dreams of what they want to do with their life, their financial life, with their personal life. It's something really special that we're providing for people. And it is a service and people are entrusting you with it. But what I did tell myself very early on from day one is that the day it was about my paycheck and not about my client's best interest, that would be the day it would be for me to get out of this business. Mm. So it's really important at all times and every time to keep your client's goals in front of you and and come from a point of service. Yeah. And that's, that's what I keep my mind and heart on at all the time. Ooh, mm-hmm. That's such a good principle to run your business by. Can you tell us what are some other ways you hold yourself accountable and run your business like a business, knowing that in this profession, we don't have a boss, we don't have anyone telling us what to do? Well, and that's a really good point. In order to hold myself accountable, I have others hold me accountable. So I do have coaching and uh, it has a really high accountability factor. For example, every morning at 8 a.m., I am on a group call with top real estate agents all across the country and we all get called out on our previous day's productivity, which we have to post. And then um, at the end of the week, we also have a a listing training camp where again, we have homework and assignments. And what that really does is it forces, it forces you to step up because Mm -hmm. you don't want to not be the one that hasn't done your homework. Especially (laughs) in group accountability. I love that. Part of it's a funny thing, but hearing everybody else's struggles is in fact that they're all similar is also encouraging. But the mo- one of the most important things is just getting your mind right for this business. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk more yeah. about that. Can yes. you tell us about one of the toughest escrows or transactions you've ever dealt with? Well, I'm probably in it right now. Oh, <laughs> good. Yes. Yeah, no, it is. Um, it's a deal that was supposed to close like a month ago. At any rate, um, and I think in those situations, it's just managing the expectation of all parties, trying to get to on the solution side and then um, and just reassuring everybody that it, it is all going to work out because it usually does. 
Yeah, there are very few times it does not work out. I try to really look at what are the elements that we can control and what are the elements that we cannot control and who are our partners in this transaction, whether that be the lender, the title company. It's like, what is going on? We can't get this done by ourselves. And so, you know, reaching out, making sure that we've got good communication. And and if there's a weak spot, it's like, what can we do to shore it up? Do you need more time? Do, do we need to find a, a way to give the, the buyer a credit? It's like, what, what, is, what is the real issue? Because uh, typically you, you can solve the problem. Totally. I love it. And you just pointed something out of what I think gives me a lot of anxiety and a lot of other folks I know is focusing on those things that we can't control. Because, yeah, in this business, there's so much that we don't have control over. And it, it's good to let that go and focus on the actions we can take. Yeah. And I believe in accountability and being accountable for what I can control. But beyond that, um, I don't. So I won't own the anxiety. And so I've learned to observe things uh, and and choosing how I want to respond to them. Mm -hmm. Because if someone else is having a panic moment, I I don't have to buy into that. I can I can observe it. I can um, offer them some direction but I don't have to, I, I liken it to if someone's in a boat and that boat is uh, drowning, I don't have to jump in the boat with them, but I can be in the boat next to them right. and give them some some guidance, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. As you go through life, you, you learn from experience, which is the best teacher. And then even better, if you can learn from the experience of others and others uh, sharing their stories, because uh, we've all hit that wall where it's like you want something to happen and it doesn't. Yeah. So you just have to step back and say, okay, this is what we did. We did our best, but this is where we are. And uh, I'm not gonna own the outcome because I know I did my best. Yeah. I've learned in this business to not be tied to the outcome, but just to be tied to what we can do and knowing that we can do our best and putting that out there. Such a That's commitment. it. Oh. Yeah. For me as well, being in this industry has been a reflection of everything else that I'm experiencing in life. Yeah. And, and so disciplining, like, for example, um, I have a very specific routine where I'm up early at uh-huh. 4 35 a.m and um and i read a chapter of the bible and meditate on that and have my coffee and then i get to the gym and just try to be disciplined because yeah. that one portion of the day is what i can control and then uh you know when we turn on our phones and then it's off to the races yeah. uh, with client issues and just follow up and getting inbound calls. So yeah. like you say, when if we have a, a weak spot, yeah. then real estate will show it up. Um, if there's an area that we need to work on, um, it'll show it yeah. up. But then the beautiful thing is we all have time yeah. to work on it. What are some of those things that you do every single day that have the biggest impact on your business? The best thing that anybody can do is just getting live with your clients. It's like seeing them face to face. 
it's more powerful than a phone call. It's more powerful than a text message, even though texting is what a lot of people prefer to do today. But when you see somebody and you see their facial expressions, you can read their energy. It's an opportunity to build a, a deeper connection because um, come what may, people, you know, they've got Zillow and all these other sites where they're trying to eliminate the real estate agent. But real estate is a relationship business. And if you have a strong connection with your client or someone, then that that's going to mean more to them and because they like you and because of the connection, it's going to mean more to them. And they're going to, to choose you to be their, their confident. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And uh, in fact, I went up for a listing this year against some super top real yeah. estate agents in the city. And the, my clients came back to me and they said, no, it's you. They said, yeah. our gut instinct, as soon as you, you walk in the door, you've got great energy. Yeah. You're passionate. You're going to serve us well. Yeah. And we know that. Yeah. And so we're going to give you this listing. So, you know, that's the, great. So it's so I'm happy when people can see that. Yeah. And I'm always looking for more people like that mm -hmm. because it's not going to be everybody. But I'm not looking to connect with everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm looking to connect with people that are mm -hmm. going to appreciate, that are going to be mutually respectful mm -hmm. and collaborative that I can serve. Tell us about your the Paula Rose brand, because what I love about knowing you and working with you and all of your products and your, the homes that you represent is that they're always so polished and they have this warmth to them that really exude your personality. And, and that's interesting that you would say that because um, that is, that hallmark or that brand identity is something that is inside me. And I tell my clients, because they say, oh, our home is older and it's it's not this or that. It's like, well, every home, old or new, can be clean. Mm -hmm. And so I help them um, as we get ready to list a property, just go in to, to declutter and to make that home look the best that it can. Because just like I would help girls and it's like the figure they have is the figure they have. <laughs> so, so we try to work with what we have to make it look best. Same thing with a home. So I, I always try to make a home and therefore the client have the best presentation on the market, which does usually mean it's going to be clean. Uh, the landscaping is going to look decent and we're going to we're going to do our best to present them well. And the warmth comes in because I think that's something that's inside of me that I try to put out there for others. Totally. Yes. <laughs> and what are you most excited about for the next generation of realtors? Well, I'm excited because they have tools that we didn't have. Mm -hmm. If they just keep a really good foundation that's rooted in principles of integrity, that they serve their clients, that they have a good work ethic where they're showing up yeah. and uh, along with their tools, there's nothing that they won't be able to do. Because again, at the end of the day, this is a relationship business. Mm -hmm. So their tools alone aren't going to get the job done. Yeah. They, they have to connect with people and serve them. Oh, yeah. Thinking also about the next generation of realtors, it's so exciting to see more diversity in the next generation. So I'm wondering, from your point of view, as having a ton of experience in this industry, what are some things that we can do to incubate and really support the next generation of diverse realtors? 
I stood up on the mezzanine just about two months ago with Robert Refkin was here and we had a first meeting um, black at Compass. Uh-huh. And I stood up and said that I challenge each and every one of you in attendance to go find someone to mentor. So I have found somebody that I'm I'm oh, bringing in. I love that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, to mentor who just who's got the skill set, has a real estate license, yeah. but just needs some some help and some support. Yeah. Um she's out there door knocking her neighborhood Ooh. and meeting people and getting getting leads yeah. and setting up uh speaking engagements and seminars and just needs some needs some support. Ooh, and yeah. she's going to get some good Paula love. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm excited about that. But going back to the mindset is that I had this book that I want to write and it's called Nobody Told Me I Was Black. And the reason why I chose that title is because oftentimes people want to attach a stigma uh, that I should you know, work a certain district or that I, that I should think a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that's their projection. It's not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's really important for, for anybody and everybody to be able to choose what they want to do and execute on it because it's yours to have mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. think about it. Because if someone tells you their limitations on where you can work, their limitations on what your income should be, there's limitations in the neighborhood you should serve, there's limitations on the the people you should serve then then mentally those can become your roadblocks Mm -hmm. but if you tell yourself there are no limits on Mm -hmm. what i can do there are no limits on the people i can serve there are no limits on the neighborhoods that i can serve Mm -hmm. now i'm open empathy right it's all about empathy yes tell us what's in store this year for you paula oh my goodness i have um, been on a journey of just staying focused on the vision that i want for myself Uh and the vision that i want for others that are coming along with me on that journey and it's beautiful to see how that's coming to play. And so we've been given some great opportunities to work with investors that are doing buildings. Um, so so we're scaling up to a degree to be able to assist them. And at the same time, I'm not letting go of um, you know, my little widows and my little couples <laughs> that need assistance. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll tell you a funny story. I had a transaction early in my career that was two deals. I had a buyer that was buying two deals that were totaling 25.8 million. Long story short, there were some some issues with the financing because they were also doing some developing mm-hmm. and that whole financing piece for the homes and this land that they were developing all fell apart. So through that process, I never stopped focusing on my other people. Yeah. And it's my other people that got me through when this big deal fell apart. So it's really important that every, because everybody is special, that everybody is uh, treated special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Our, our podcast is called The Thoughtful Realtor. How do you define what it means to be a thoughtful realtor? Be, being thoughtful is something that's internal. Right. So being having a a foundation and gratitude, um, thinking about others and not yourself, because to a home sale, there are many different sides. Right. There's the buyer side. 
there's the seller side and what they're feeling and why they're selling. And, uh, and there's so many reasons of why people are doing what they're doing. And so me being thoughtful and mindful is just knowing, oh my goodness, this poor Mrs. Johnson just lost her husband. She has to go into a retirement home. And these proceeds are going to fund the rest of her care for the rest of her life. What, what can I do that's going to help her along through this process? Mm-hmm. And this couple, the Simpsons, this is their first time they're buying and their baby's on the way. What are they going through and how can I help them along? Yeah. And because it's not transactions, these are human beings, these are lives. And they're putting a lot of trust and care into our hands. So me being thoughtful is just being mindful of that. Mm-hmm. So I, I do uh, you know, wake up uh, and go over my checklist, where are we and what can I do? And yeah. trying to get ahead of the a problem. It's like, right. oh, you know, this date is coming up. What can I do for you? Yeah. Or this just happened. You know, how are you feeling right. about that? Right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and being on our show today. We love talking with you and getting to know more of Paula and the, your mindset and sort of your approach to life and your business. Well, it's just an honor. I, I admire the both of you and um, and I'm just very privileged that for this opportunity. Yeah. And also for folks that want to get in touch with you, where can they do that? Well, they can email me at paula.rose at compass.com. Excellent. Wonderful. And um, do you have a website? Uh, I do. Paula4homes.com. Paula4homes. The number four. The number four. Yes. Paula, the number four, homes. Homes with an S. Homes with an S. Yes. Wonderful. There you have it. Thank you so much, Paula. And thank you so much for tuning in today for another episode of The Thoughtful Realtor. If you love this episode, please hit that subscribe button. And if you want to go that extra mile because you loved it so much, please leave us a review. Or better yet, share this episode with a friend. We're all about spreading the love because we're in this together. And if you want more, go to our website, connieandkenny.com for resources and to sign up for our email newsletters where we'll send you insights for your business and your life. You can also follow along on our journey and behind the scenes action on our Instagram at Connie and Kenny and let us know what you enjoyed most about this podcast episode. Until Until next time, time, bye. bye.